Welcome to the EchoCast, episode 56. I am Bon Diesel. This is a Division 2 podcast. If you're new, we cover all things Division. We talk about updates, state of the game, things happening in both the community and the game. And um, then I plug some of my own stuff, so I try to keep that at the end. And uh, yeah, so there we go. Today, I'm going to call this episode Pretend Enemies, and you'll figure out why shortly. But today we are going to cover State of the Game Summary, Division 2 News from the Week, talking a little bit about a podcast with Alex Irvine and Petter. Alex is the novel uh, writer of uh, <clears throat> New York Collapse, which was a book for the first game, and now Broken Dawn, which is a book for the second game. Uh, we talk about uh, some convenient community divisions, and uh, and then we'll we'll wrap things up with some uh, content updates. So, uh, last thing, uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so via uh, the anchor link below, anchor.fm/theechocast/support, or via Twitch, where I uh, try to stream at least a few times per week as Bon Diesel. Okay, so straight into the stay of the game recap. Uh, this week we had Hamish, and we uh, they telecommunicated with Red Storms, uh, Terry Spear, and Ryan. Uh, this was um, this was a tough thing, but the first big announcement was uh, that the Operation Dark Hours raid would be delayed uh, until a unspecified day in May, uh, and I'll go into more depth. <clears throat> on this in the um in the next section so we'll jump right into what terry and ryan talked about um kind of what red storm is working on and and what they're thinking of it's worth mentioning that um, as of this uh, stay of the game the pts had opened up on pc and um some of these things were included and some weren't yet but um, so the things they talked about were uh, PvP focus is pretty big. So they talked about um, normalization uh, modes. So uh, two of the DZs and conflict uh, will actually upscale to the top world tier um, that is currently available. So right now um, it down uh, scales your gear. So if you have things unlocked, um, if you have a certain setup. Um, it gets messed up by the normalization um, because it drops it down so you can lose ability to use certain skill mods and so on. Um, so now uh, it's going to consider the normalization number uh, gear score 500 um, and should be a lot better than the current system. Uh, skill mods um, will be respected in normalization now and if you have a skill mod unlocked in the regular game it should still be unlocked uh, in normalization. Uh, skills will be more impactful. They want them to be uh, more a part of the loop, but they still want to avoid um, one-shot skill kills. <clears throat> uh, the PvP damage modifier is going to be tuned down from 70% to 40%, um, which they are going for a similar time to kill or time to die is probably the better um, way of talking about that. Um, they want it to feel similar to the PvE, where you aren't instantly dead, um, you you have the ability to react, which uh, 
from what I've observed, is a lot of the complaints um, and should help out. They said currently the Occupied DZ will also have the 40% modifier, but they are considering changing it um, to, to kind of deal with uh, the differences in the Occupied DZ. But um, as a baseline, they're doing 40% um, as well, uh, and they'll adjust from there. Uh, they specifically point out that uh, weapon archetypes and even some specific weapons are going to be adjusted damage-wise. And I assume RPM and, and so on if needed. Um, and they and they made it really, really clear that um, they can and they are separating PvP and PvE balances uh, with weapons, damage, skills, so on. Um, it just doesn't seem like there was much of that yet, but we're kind of hit, hitting that point where they're getting data and they're seeing how um, the game is playing out and they're going to start separating those things uh, as it makes sense. Uh, and we already saw that uh, later on with some of the talent changes. They took away PVP hip fire. It'll be zero. There will be no, uh, no crit um, when you hip fire against other players, um, but you'll still have crit when you um, hip fire against AI NPCs. Uh, and then the last thing, um, was that uh, there's going to be gear that's going to drop in the DZ, which I'll talk about here next. Um, that could be over 500 gear score. Uh, and in normalization, they confirm that it will drop it down to 500. So if someone has a 515 mask that has some crazy style on it, um, they won't have a huge advantage in normalization because it's going to drop it down. Okay, so then they talked about DZ changes. Um, they some big stuff here. Um, the contaminated loot drops are going to increase. They want to push people um, to get involved in that loot and extraction loop, uh, which will encourage interactions, which uh, everyone seems to want. Uh, who is in the DZ, they're going to significantly reduce uncontaminated loot. Um, and and there's going to be a the, the chance of 515 uh, level gear. So I, I guess the issue right now, and I've noticed it in a, in a fairly small amount of time I've spent in the DZ, is that um, I, I want to say most of the loot that you get in the DZ is um, uncontaminated. Therefore, you don't you literally just go straight into your inventory. And it seems like um, I, I get why they did that, but it seems like it's kind of killing the loop of their whole the whole idea of the DZ. So. Uh, they they clarified that the rogue prevention timer would would be gone. Uh, so when if you're a rogue and then you die with a group and you try to head back to your group, you actually can't go rogue again for a certain amount of time. Currently, that's going away. Um, but the toggle cooldown will still exist um, to try to prevent people um, from just kind of uh, cheesing or or being jerks by pretending to go rogue and then not doing it at the last second. So. Um, with the changes with the contaminated loot, they are going to change the bag limit on contaminated loot. Um, it's currently six at default, which will stay the same, uh, but the maximum with the tier 10 perk uh, will give you 10 spots, uh, which, which should help out and I assume is to encourage people to spend a little more time in their looting. Uh, the, one of the big changes um, is that they're gonna change the brackets in the DZ. I don't think they clarified how it currently works, but um, they're basically dropping it down to two different brackets. One bracket will be people um, that are level one to 30, and then the other bracket will be people who, in the, who are in the world tiers. Um, I 
in my experience with the DZ um, so far have found that they're, they're really empty. And I assume um, this is one of the main culprits is that um, there's a chance that people were split into, you know, five, six, seven different brackets and um, making that more simple should be a good thing, especially with the changes to normalization. Uh, the manhunt and rogue statuses are going to return to the uh, occupied DZs, um, but friendly fire and all of the other mechanics are still going to be a thing. Uh, the occupied DZ NPC uh, enemy patrols are going to be reduced, uh, I think with kind of a focus um, with them being at landmarks uh, to allow more uninterrupted PVP. Um, I have spent a little bit of time in there, and yeah, the uh, the NPCs are uh, the Black Tusk NPCs and the occupied DZ are are pretty damn strong. So um, I think people were getting their fun little PVP uh, mix-ups uh, interrupted by the always uh, present and ever-loving uh, Black Tusk. So it seems like they're wanting to get rid of that. Um, the Thieves' Den will now allow you to swap weapons. So if you want to put the special ammo on your pistol or on your secondary, uh, you can now switch to those uh, in the Thieves' Den where before you were not able to. Um, Terry teased, you know, quote unquote, big changes and updates in the DZ, um, but didn't clarify uh, quite yet. Um, but they did very, very clearly deny that there's any plans to add players to the DZ servers. It's 12. Um, my guess is that that is such a hardwired number for them uh, and so deep that um, even if they wanted to change it, it would probably take a very long time to do that. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't know anything. Purely speculation. But I'd be pretty confident. Uh, changes to conflict. Um, they're gonna ref the armor bars on characters will uh, accurately reflect their true armor amounts. Um, they had it limited before. Um, you you still had the different amounts of armor, but they wanted everyone's armor to look the same. Uh, they gave an explanation that had something to do with UI simplification. But they're finding that people kind of want to know if someone's extra tanky or not. Uh, they're going to reduce the power boost, um, how powerful they are, by about 50%. Um, they are going to try to make the spawning um, so people are more likely to spawn together instead of kind of trickling in and just getting mowed down. Uh, the skill cooldowns are going to carry over between deaths and not auto-reset every time you die. That's a big deal because a lot of people will just come in, pop all their skills, send them off, and then you know they might get a kill or two off of that and then just die. So it was kind of this kind of lame loop where they may have like a two-minute cooldown on a skill, um, but every time they die, they just get it back immediately. So that's not a thing anymore, um, but it will not carry over between matches, uh, which I think is currently a bug in the PTS. Uh, and again, they said that, you know, there's a whole lot planned for conflict, but didn't expand on it yet. Um, I think that the possibilities are um, pretty broad for that mode, uh, and I really hope they come through with that. Uh, then they talked a little bit about exotics, that they want them to be fun and usable, but not OP, uh, and that significant changes were coming to them, uh, and more exotics would be coming soon. Uh, and then talents was kind of the final topic. Um, I'm not going to go over all of them. Um, they're testing these changes in PTS, but they changed a ton of talents on gear and guns, what they do, what they require, um, all kinds of stuff. There's mixed reaction in the community right now. You know, I suggest you go check that out. Uh, look at the people you trust um, and look for yourself, especially. So, uh, and then that was, that was about it. So um, I thought this was really good. Um, you know, the the community's really reactive right now, um, which is fine. I get it. Um, 
you know, we'll talk about the raid here in a moment, but with all these changes, it, it's interesting because a big complaint in the first game was that, um, you know, things change too often. So in one patch, you would have your perfect build, and then the next patch, you'd have to completely redo it, um, and that was frustrating. And that's true. I, I get it. Um, I've been there. There were, jeez, um, when the game first came out, uh, I guess with the Underground DLC, uh, the way that Banshee was before they changed it, um, is my favorite set. It looked cool. It felt it was very balanced. It was very powerful in the DZ and outside of it. Uh, it was my favorite build in Division One. Um, and then they changed it. Um, what I did do was adjusted to the changes and made new builds and um, enjoyed the looter shooter aspect of this game. What I didn't do was flail on the ground and um, become so uncontrollably upset that they changed my favorite thing. Um, that you know, that's all I could focus on. Uh, now, if I was a different type of person who didn't want to re-farm and do all that, um, I would have probably just quit playing the game. Um, I, I don't think that's their goal, but I also don't think that they are necessarily catering um, to the people who don't want to play the game after they found something they like um, or, or don't want to play differently. And so... Um, I, I truly, I honestly believe I can empathize with people who get upset with all these changes, but especially this early in the game. I mean, the first year of this game, I kind of think people need to expect significant changes uh, monthly, so maybe even more often than that. Uh, and, and once they kind of find a groove and find a decent balance, a decent neutral, um, I'm sure things will kind of even out. But I think people need to realize that the first six months, year of this game, are going to have a lot of changes and balancing and, um, and, and, and changes to things that they may like. Um, the problem is, is that like one example is, um, the chem launcher heal, the, the repair chem launcher, um, is really stupid. I use it and I use it. I use it. I've been using it basically since the one to 30. Um, and people are mad because right now there's a PTS, um, change that they're testing where, um, the, the chem launcher uh, armor repair uh, doesn't stack. So if you drop two of them on yourself, you only get the healing from one until it's gone, and then you can get healing from another. Um, it's one of those things where uh, people don't like it because uh, it's convenient and it's easy. Um, now, there's a good argument to be made that the other healing skills are bad. Um, so this is the only one worth using, which is not unfair. Um, but... I think the other healing skills aren't very good, and I think the chem launcher is OP. Uh, I found it interesting that there were people who said things like, uh, you know, what, what's the point of, you know, uh, and, and this isn't a, a rip because I really like this person, but they said, what's the point of having eight charges uh, if they don't stack? Um, and one thing I've noticed is that every time I matchmake uh, with, with people in missions and stuff, everyone's running the chem launcher. But I think I've been healed by other people with a chem launcher maybe three times. <laughs> Everyone just uses it on themselves. So uh, if you have eight charges, that's a great opportunity to help out your teammates. Uh, you know, the way that that skill is supposed to work. Um, and it's incredible for as a support skill. Uh, you have so many when you have eight charges, you can you can keep your, your friends healed for days. Um, if you're going to only use it on yourself, then I suggest not doing uh, the mods to add charges and to instead add maybe radius and duration. But what do I know? So, you know, 
I'm just seeing kind of things that we've always seen before um, in my job and in my previous jobs, I have dealt with people with change. Good Lord. I worked at Verizon wireless for a corporate store during the time that they were um, introducing Android phones and smartphones uh, that weren't Blackberries, basically. Uh, Blackberries were pretty easy. It seems like for a lot of people to understand from like a flip phone because um, they weren't that much more complicated. Uh, but introducing touch screens and uh, different UIs and stuff, uh, people uh, just people don't like change. And, and I've learned that at every level and every uh, experience in my life. And um, being involved in this community in this game um, has only... Uh, reinforce that so um, i'm not saying all the changes are good i'm not saying that i'm defending every single change they're making or that they're going to make or that they've made um but i i do think that people have to realize that this is their game they're going to change it as they wish uh, if you can provide some constructive reasonable logical feedback you might be able to impact that um but the screaming and yelling um is honestly probably just going to harden their resolve uh, and, and make them stick with their decisions even more. But that's just a guess on my part. So there's state of the game. Uh, so for division news, we're going to jump right into a state of the game topic of the delay of Operation Dark Hours, uh, the raid. So so I'm, I'm definitely mixed on this um, uh, from a, a reasonable logical level and a emotional level. Uh, from the reasonable logical level, they're making all of these changes and it seems like a lot of them probably need to be made before the raid um they're testing them in pts uh, i think it's it's a good idea for them to do more than like one week of pts because i suspect some of the things they've seen that they want to change before the raid um can't be fixed in a week and even if they could they probably want to test them first um on a personal level i'm super bummed because my birthday what <laughs> is on the 26th uh and i take that off every year as a little pat on the back to myself or whatever for surviving um and uh i was playing on playing it all day i was super pumped and uh that's not gonna happen but that's fine i'll survive uh, it's all good uh but i can still be a little mad um I think it's important that they do get this thing figured out because uh, I've said it before, but um, as much as people like the DZ and all that stuff, um, that's just kind of casually competitive. There's no real goal or uh, point to it. Uh, this raid is, in my uh, opinion, the first actual com competitive environment we're ever going to have um, when it comes to Worlds First and speedruns. Uh, I, I, I think that... Um, you know, like it or not, I don't really care about those things. Uh, but I think that from a simple, a simple outlook on it, uh, it's the first time we're ever going to have, um, a situation where there's truly going to be a, I'm the best, you know, we are the best. We beat all of you in this particular task. And, um, and I think they need to have it right and they should have it right. And I'm sure they're going to hype it up a lot, um, when the raid is going to come, uh, to, to kind of check everything out. So it's a bummer. Uh, the raid is delayed. Um, we all have a date. I suspect the date isn't set in stone. I, I suspect they're going to decide whether or not they need two or three rounds of the PTS to balance things out. Um, and heaven forbid, I, I, I've talked, I talked about it, I think last week or the week before, I, I really hope they don't forget console players and this balancing. Uh, they're going to, if you want my honest opinion, I, I think they're going to make changes that are going to be negative on console players because 
they're just going to have to take data from this PTS and just assume how it's going to work out on console. But, you know, I, I hope to be proven wrong. Uh, the other bit of division news this week was um, uh, Hamish, uh, or no, Petter, did a really cool podcast on the official division uh, podcast uh, account. Uh, I listen on SoundCloud. I think there are a few other places as well. Uh, Petter did an interview with Alex Irvine, who wrote um, both of the books for the division, uh, The New York Collapse and now Broken Dawn. Uh, they just talked about you know the, the process of writing the first book and, and, and so on, how he basically just wrote a survival guide first and then filled in the story um, of April Keller. Um, it's interesting because really the book is about a survival guide, but the real story is in the margins. Um, if you haven't read that book um, and, and you're interested in division, um, even if you're not, which I don't really know why you're listening, but welcome. Um, it's still worth reading. It's a neat book. Um, it's got some mystery. It's got some puzzles and some clues. It's a fun read. It's a fairly short book. Um, but due to the, the complication of the way the story is told, uh, I, I feel like it's a really satisfying book to get through, um, and go back and try to make sure you understood everything. Um, they did talk about writing, uh, the broken dawn, uh, the sequel. Um, it's kind of funny. I, I suspect they meant to release, um, this interview before the game came out or at least before the book came out because they don't go into any detail about the book. <laughs> um, so it kind of made it kind of tough to, to, to listen to, um, a little bit just because, you know, you want them to talk about and explain some of the things in the book. Uh, but they, it sounds like they recorded it, um, like the week before the book came out. So they're super hush hush. Um, but it was still cool to kind of hear Alex talk about going to Sweden, spending a few days there hashing out with the narrative team, um, and Julian and, and other people about, um, the story he was going to tell. Um, I guess I won't go into the story because, you know, if people haven't read it yet, uh, I am actually going to give away a copy of the book. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, but he went into depth about like April Keller um, and how he came up with that character, um, what she means to the player base, the people who care about the lore and the story um, and, and, you know, and, and the hints from the first game about April, uh, there were some echoes and in, um, in, in the survival guide pages uh, found around the world. Um, Alex talked about, you know, there, there's a whole part of the book, the new one that's about kids um, and how he wanted to make them deeper characters and more interesting as, you know, in this kind of a situation that we see in DC and in, in the world, uh, during this disaster, um, kids aren't able to just be kids anymore. They have to be little adults who look out for themselves, um, and recognize that the adults around them aren't perfect and, uh, they, they, they should trust them, but they can't entirely. Uh, and I thought that was a really neat thing that reflected really well in the book, um, and then he, you know, discussed a little bit about, um, you know, writing the book, Broken Dawn, especially uh, in the choices that agents have to make from a moral and personal and uh, in duty perspective um, and how, you know, the Directive 51, um, the, you know, the, the, the things that they are and aren't allowed to do are pretty limited. Um, you know, they, they can do almost whatever they want and it comes down to each agent, uh, and, and how they execute those duties, uh, and those responsibilities. And it was just kind of cool hearing them, you know, consider that that's been, you know, as much as I've seen people going on about like, you know, how evil the agents are and stuff, uh, a few people, um, I, I think the whole, that there's some idea that I've seen that there's like no, um, nod to the idea that the agents are these 
ultra powerful people who are killing you know american citizens on american soil uh, with no recourse um, but i think that topic is covered a lot even if it's fairly subtle throughout the game so uh, so definitely check out that book broken dawn check out the podcast uh, on soundcloud it's just the division's official soundcloud channel they also post the state of the games there if you ever just want to listen to them and uh and yeah there's the uh the news for division two this week and uh from that we're going to very uh convenient and, uh, and clearly move into the mid-roll. Okay, so uh, we're gonna jump into the community topic and discussion this week. Uh, this is gonna be quite the rant for me because it's something that annoys me a lot. And uh, now I'm gonna carry you all with me through the discussion. So, so it's kind of what I alluded to in the title of this podcast um, and, and talking about these, these pretend groups, uh, these pretend teams, these, you know, these pretend whatever in, uh, in the community. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of subgroups uh, in, in this game, interesting games in general, right? Um, you know, you could say, you know, PC versus console, hardcore versus casual, uh, PVE versus PVP, you know, lore fans and game only people. Um, and, and what's interesting about it is that, you know, to, to notice the formation of these groups shouldn't be surprising. That's, that's how humans work, we're tribal. Uh, we we like to pick a side, uh, and that's fine. I think that's um, expected. That's normal. Um, where where it where it comes down to me, it's something you know. Something I've noticed is that um, people rarely um, seem to outwardly express their their choice or association with a particular quote unquote group uh, for good reasons, right? Um, yeah, I'm a PvE player, and man, we we really like to help each other out. Or, oh man, you know, I'm a PvP player, and uh, I just I just love the spirit of competition. Um, in my in my experience, it's it's normally just to attack an opposing group. Well, I like PvP, and you PvE care bears need to stay out of my DZ. Uh, don't change my DZ. Or you know, I'm a PvE player, and these PvP PvP idiots keep making all of my favorite you know talents get nerfed because they abuse them. Um, what I think is that was almost 100% lost um, is, is that these groups depend on each other a lot. Um, and I would, and my argument honestly to a point is since they, you know, they're, they're so dependent on each other um, in this game, but really in general in, in gaming in general, uh, the, the thing is you could even move this argument to like politics and sports and all kinds of things, but I won't, I won't do that to you. But the thing is, is that um, my my honest opinion is that I think that most players uh, are, are fairly balanced. Maybe they lean a little more towards PVE activities. Maybe they lean a little more towards PVP. Um, but that the actual number of people who like only do one or the other are fairly small, but they're very vocal. And what I don't think people realize very often is that like in the division, I, I think it's reasonable to say that there's probably more PVE players in PVP. I have my own opinions about percentages and stuff and how significant the difference is or not, but it doesn't matter. The problem is, is that if there, if you got rid of all the PVE players and focused the game specifically on PVP, the game would die. There wouldn't be enough people or it wouldn't get nearly as much you know love as it should. And vice versa. Um, I, I, I think that the, 
you know the the more you know maybe casual or pve side of the game um i don't think people realize how much that supports the game financially um and how much of the content in the game is made for that group uh, i also think that uh, people don't understand quite uh, enough or, or don't acknowledge enough um how much pvp um, is kind of like a marketing and pr thing for the game so um, you know, streamers, YouTube video makers, so on and so forth. Um, you know, that stuff is important. Um, the, the visible side of the community, even if it's not as big, um, it's still uh, important to get eyes on it. You know, I, I don't think Shroud is going to play much Division 2 anymore, uh, at least not unless he's sponsored. But, you know, getting someone like him in, um, if they do a big conflict update or something, and getting him to play it, it is a good thing to get eyes on the game. Um, you know, even, you know, some of the larger division uh, creators doing that, doing that type of thing is, is important. Um, and, and I think that there's this weird thing where um, I, I encourage people to, uh, to kind of see uh, the, the significance of both sides of the game. Uh, I also encourage people uh, to, um, to maybe not to worry so much about what side you take uh, and, and to maybe just hear people out. Um, I, you know, I recognize that people are always going to associate with a group in some way, but maybe to realize like why you're doing it. Um, if you're associating with a particular part of the game uh, to advocate for your play style, for your platform, um, you know, it makes sense. That's great. I'd be bummed if people didn't do that if they didn't, you know, provide feedback and stuff in that way. If you're associating with a particular group or attacking another, um, just because they don't enjoy things the same as you, um, that, you know, that's kind of a bummer. And I honestly think that people deserve to be ridiculed and called out for it. Um, I've made my attempts to do this in the past. I'll, I'm sure I'll continue to, um, but, but really, and, and who this also applies to are the type of people who, you know, are, are really only seem like they're around the troll on other people and never really have any actual conversation. Um, you know, the people who go straight to calling names or being passive aggressive or sarcastic. Um, I, I honestly have gotten to the point now where, you know, that, that whole thing, I'm just too busy for that to go into big back and forths. So it tends to just end in a reply, uh, you know, a very honest reply about how I feel about the stupid things they're saying, uh, a mute and even a block if it gets too silly. Um, you know, I've had some pretty, uh, uh, public spats with some people um, and I don't care like like I'm I'm busy I'm a busy human <laughs> and then this side of my life and, and my time I spend is for fun um, it, it's to give input on the game to interact with people who enjoy the game as well to show cool things that I've seen or done um, and to get you know kind of a, a feel in the community um, but uh, the you know a lot of these people and a lot of the interactions that I'm seeing are are just you know uh, are, are are just dogs barking at at each other from each side of a fence where there's an open gate five feet away. You know everyone wants to you know hide behind their you know their persona or their 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 uh, their username and, and 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 yell at each other and and say silly things and stupid things to each other um, that they either mean or don't or don't mean and. Um, and it's just, it, it was interesting and fun at the beginning, I guess. Um, but now it's just kind of, 
boring. And um and it's interesting to see how how these type of people react when when you point it out. But that is what it is. Um I, I really don't want this like kind of discussion or um you know talk to feel like I'm only talking about PvP players. Um well, I definitely think the PvP, uh, the people who put themselves in that category, um, tend to be a little more aggressive, um, a little more, uh, you know, maybe obnoxious. Um, there, there's, there's certainly people um, who, who I would assume put themselves on more of the PVE side of things, who I find to be just as annoying. Um, you know, seeing people moaning and groaning about going into the DZ because people are mean. Um, you know, because they kill me. Like, well. It's part of the game, man. <laughs> like, so, you know, I, I, I really think that, you know, like one thing that's really annoyed me is, is, you know, I recognize, um, that the DZ, especially right now, before they change this uncontaminated loot stuff is hilarious. It's, it's, it's a great farming area. If you go in there and accept the fact that you may die, you may lose some loot, but who cares? It's, you, you're going to die in PVE too. <laughs> like, like I don't, I just don't, I don't get uh, if, if, even as someone who probably leans towards PVE, um, it's always really been weird to me how many people seem like completely, um, you know, it's just unacceptable that they die to another player. Um, it, though you could say that about some PVP players too, but it, it's, I've played mostly PVP games my whole life, uh, as far back as I can remember. So maybe it's just a, even though it's not my favorite thing on earth to do, uh, it's, it's something I enjoy and I'm used to. Um, and like, for me, like right now, like I could jump into apex or play some call of duty or play some PUBG or, you know, jump into something, even some battlefield and really enjoy it. It's just the, the DZ right now, um, isn't just, isn't very fun in my opinion. Um, I think a lot of the things they're doing to try to fix it, um, are going to help. Um, I'm not the most skilled person on earth, uh, PVP wise. And my gear is garbage. I have not a single good PVP build. Um, I've, I've got myself a nice PVE build now that, uh, now I want to expand into a PVP one, but I'm not going to go on one V four people. Like I, I'm not dumb. <laughs> like I, I get it. <laughs> I, I know myself well. Um, but yeah, I just want to make it really clear that, you know, I don't have this hate like for PVP people. In fact, um, uh, if anything, I hate everyone equally. <laughs> so, um, and, and I definitely get annoyed by people on both sides. There's, um, there's a lot of people who give a lot of input on the game who I, I kind of don't really think know the game that well or, or, or whatever. Um, and you know, that's their right. They can do what they want to do. Uh, I'm not saying I know it the best. I'm a very casual observer as well, but, um, I try to be relatively self aware when it comes to that, but I don't know, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm a hypocrite. Uh, it's just at the end of the day, I really encourage people to not see themselves on one side or another, uh, and to, if you do even just try to understand, um, people with different play styles and opinions than you, uh, maybe not be immediately dismissive and call people stupid, um, to maybe say, Hey, you know, you know, why do you feel that way? Or, you know, I get that you feel that way. I don't agree, but that's fair. I get what you're saying. I, I really think that if, if you're a division two fan, you, you are a fan of the whole game, whether you like it or not, <laughs> you kind of need to be, um, you're associated with everyone. Um, at the end of the day, we are all one player base as much as people uh, want to try to split us up. And um, I think that the goal for everyone should be that everyone who plays has fun. It's not going to happen. But 
it's the wish I have. And, uh, and I'll, and I'll end my, my rant there. So, um, with content updates, we'll get this thing wrapped up. Um, I, my, my streams have been pretty inconsistent. In fact, I should be streaming right now as I'm recording this. Um, but I'm not, uh, just busy getting stuff figured out here. Um, we're working on the nursery for the baby. Um, and I'm just kind of honestly having fun playing some games right now. Um, I'm, I've been playing Anno, um, 1800 and it is so fun. Um, if you're a, like the old, um, I want to say it was called like settlers or crusader uh, crusaders or these kind of like economic focused, um, games where you're exploring and building communities and towns. Um, but you are doing military stuff as well. Um, it's so fun. It's so cool, man. These games are great. Uh, this Anno 1800, if you're a PC, if you play on PC and you enjoy like real-time strategy games, uh, this one's really deep. <laughs> I think it's very hard. Um, I highly suggest checking it out uh, for sure. Um, and I've been playing some Division 2 on my own and just there's this weird moment right now where I'm, I'm kind of just enjoying the game as a player. Um, I'm really proud of all the people who are grinding out streams and, and doing videos and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm obviously trying to keep up with, you know, the things I enjoy doing. Um, but I'm also kind of just, you know, trying to enjoy things, um, with the baby coming, I only have a few months left of this, uh, you know, this ability to just do whatever I want whenever I feel like it. And I'm really just trying to enjoy that. So. If you like podcasts, please follow on whatever platform you are using. If you're on iTunes, please rate the podcast and leave a review. It helps me out a ton. If you check out the podcast on YouTube and you want to see more, please sub the channel, like the video, and comment below with any of your thoughts on anything I said. I am on Twitch where I stream multiple times a week, and I'm on Twitter as Bond Diesel, uh, where you can see my rantings and ravings. And uh, that's all I have. So, until next time. I'm <laughs> sorry.